future? Yeah. Oh, yes. Da, da, da. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's you, Perry. I, I know. You I when know. I hear that. One day. <laughs> One day. Do you think that's written, or do you think that's just like I he don't was know. Just uh, yeah, that's the, a lot of. The, uh, uh, One thing, Merrily especially has a lot of guitar in it, um, in the original recording. But it's I don't know. I, I feel like it's mostly chords, so people are doing their own thing. Yeah. Especially I uh, listen to more updated uh, or newer version. Sorry, I'm just get so amped by this. Right. It's got real like no other ones of his musicals sound quite as like 1981 as this one. <laughs> like it's got real like like fucking like New York. Like he's like I live in New York. Like I don't know. It's just like very like Hollywood like showbiz vibes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that's Dun- what it's about. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it was form follows. What is he always content like? dictates content. form. Content. It's, I can't believe you wouldn't know that, Perry. That's one of the three principles. I well, I haven't gotten the books yet as you oh. know but they're in the mail well i mean i just contact dick six four that's yeah. yeah that's one of them yeah so there's three yeah i mean i knew that from like the amount of interviews i've watched right with him but yeah okay yeah okay so we'll, we'll check b- back in about we'll that ch- well yeah we'll when, you, check. when you get the um the thing that you need right should be here next week anyway cool. welcome to sondheim 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 this is Oh, so we're going to debate the I mean, name we, of the podcast now? Well, it's the first episode, so I think that's a great time. All right, well, to we'll put it out name. to all our listeners. Do you think it should be, what did you, what did Sond, Sond, Sondheim, Sondheim, or it could be Sondheim, Songtime. Sondheim, Songtime. I mean, a Sond isn't anything. I think it should be, but it's not right now. A Sond. Yeah. I'm sure it's a... Like, what would sand... I mean, I guess sand time... It might be, a, like, a German word. A German word meaning that elevated and concentrated study of sand time, Sondheim? That's what it is for now. Okay. So let's... Oh, yeah, and then it's, like, fucking... You never hear, like, fucking drum... Big drum fills in, like, an overture. Well, you maybe do, but I not in his. <laughs> I mean... You don't hear him in his. Overtures are kind of, like, classically... Uh, in my opinion, anyway, like a sort of showcase or feature for the band. Yeah. Um, being that my background actually tends to be a little bit playing in pits and stuff, I would know that sort of thing. Right. But that's where you. That's where you kind of jump. Really got to show your your stuff because then it's all about the actors. But uh-huh. when it's just about you, you got to really bring it. So this is Perry. Um, <laughs> yeah, my Perry, name's Perry. Perry uh, plays in. Uh, Pits. Uh, Perry occupies low down pits um, for actors to uh, sing on top of uh, or near. And um, there's a lot more artistry to it than that. Uh, my name is Alex. This um, is Alex. Yeah. Um, I. I would just say that. Um, 
I'm uh, I'm creating. Okay. So, um, song song time song time. Okay, so this is a podcast about Sondheim, the man, Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, the the man. That's true. The the, the historical figure. The God. The sweeter than God, <laughs> if you will. The, we, no, no, no. <laughs> I feel like we, I just, uh, I want to hear him introduced by someone. Stephen Sondheim. I feel oh, like yeah. all he is is introductions now. I, I was listening to like the Terry Gross one. and The greatest Broadway composer, lyricist of our time, and one of the best and most musically innovative ever. You know, she was like, he invented theater as we know it. It's just like, that's, oh my God. yeah, like it's always just like some shit that some very high praise we were we were talking about in the car on the way over uh how he you know the way that people are acting about his career it's like it's they're acting like it's already over you know he's like he's like in post-career mode Mm -hmm. so well yeah as we were saying in the car earlier right in the car um we were we were in the car (laughs) we were in the car talking about this um because listen everybody this is a podcast about steven sondheim Mm -hmm. and it is really a compulsion and really a necessary need for the two of us that we start this yeah um i for the last probably two to three years have only been able to talk about steven sondheim with people wherever i am Right, um, and it has truly it alienated me from people. Don't want to hear about it. Friends and family. No, it's it's a bad conversation topic. Yeah, I um, and I can't stop bringing it up anywhere because yeah. it dictates every facet of my being. Sondheim dictates life. Content yes. dictates form. Form. That's the first rule, right? Yeah, and I haven't then, gotten the book yet. So the next rule is, he will be running your life okay yes um and we're so we're <laughs> talking about it in the car right in the we were in okay so, so picture this. we're constantly talking about sauna right perry and i driving in the car if you can picture that toyota prius yeah we're, we're rocking it down the street five sondheim is not playing on the radio right because we my aux cord is broken right but i'll get that fixed the real question is why isn't there a Sondheim radio station Chicago? Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna put that out to Chicago. I'm sure other listeners wrote, can probably. I wrote help. a letter to the city about it, but whatever. So we'll see if. I mean, I write them letters all the time, so we'll see if they look at it. What did you? What did you address the letter? How city, do you, just to city hall. City hall, and it's to um, director of radio. <laughs> yeah. Right, Rahm Emanuel runs that department too, right? He's the mayor. I think he just runs all the departments. Yeah. He's like the director, if you will. Yeah. And I'm like the stage manager. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of decide a lot of stuff too. Right. So we were talking in the car right, we were about driving. Sondheim and what? about his career, about his <laughs> about career, his career. Oh, right. Okay. So about his career and basically one among many of the things that has me so infatuated with the man, the hero, the legend is that most of his life has been marked with failure that's true yeah that's um, it just is his whole career as you look back um we we, we have a 
a YouTube page of interviews open. <laughs> um, several tabs. Yeah, several tabs. We don't need to look at my other tabs. Oh, okay. Um, but the you, Stephen Sondheim 2005 Master Edit. Watch it anytime. The World of Stephen Sondheim documentary. Um, you know, I hope one of these tabs is uh, maybe like a college application or... Alex, uh, um, as our listeners may know, has not been to college, so needs. No, to I actually I, we went to the same college. Most Reme- of, do you remember that we yeah, were okay, at the well, same you college? Went, but you, let's say you didn't completely f- finish. But right, so I just started like concentrating on my art, right? <laughs> um, and I and Perry got into hopped down into some pits. I should say it's not always hopping down. Sometimes we're hopping up okay. and, you know. Like an orchestra plateau. Yeah, but they're always comfortable. That is, okay. So maybe they shouldn't call them pits. Maybe they should call them. Maybe they should call them styes, you know, the orchestra sty. Well, yeah, or orchestra chamber, chamber or ro- royal uh, royal chamber. The orchestra dungeon. Okay, that is to say, Alex needs to get most of well, their no, information we, from YouTube about Sondheim, as, as opposed to scholarly. You articles. think that? Oh, yeah. So that's what you. Uh, the fourth year, last year, was they handed you a diploma. They handed you like a key to the library to for yeah. the, all the sources. Yeah, yeah. Where you can get I can all the go in there any time. Well, then why can't you find the books that we need to for this episode? Well, I think they're checked out. That's. I go to Harold Washington Library. And I want to anybody... own my own copy so I can notate it. That's one of the things you learn in college. That is how to Note. annotate the... Yes, highlight different texts and paragraphs. All right. And okay. headers. Well... So this is going to be a podcast about Sondheim. We're going to go through the show, starting with West Side Story, which most people probably recognize Sondheim's name from the most did that sentence make sense no it didn't you, that's how you people could probably most people know you've probably yes that's probably how most people know sondheim is by doing the music i mean the, the lyrics lyri- perry the lyrics little, uh, little flub little flub there sorry anyway the lyrics to west side story um so we were gonna jump into that in our first episode but this in our in our first official episode but this yeah. pilot episode is this gonna is, okay. All right, go ahead. Oh no, it's just pilot. Yeah, it's pilot. Pilot episode. in the first. Yeah, okay. We're gonna we're gonna do okay. Our top five, Your top five favorite moments favorite from moments. from the whole catalog. The whole catalog. So we we've each of us had to gratuitously handpick uh, five pristine moments that are are really just cherries of the lot, as they say, and we are gonna go through them do you, do you think that we should each like start at five and then go back and forth and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. makes a lot of sense definitely but yeah and then other future you know we'll save a lot of subject matters for future episodes of the show but basically like there will be i would assume like multi-part episodes that are like deep dives into the bigger shows like yeah. i would i would want to do like you know a couple parts on sweeney todd or whatever Let's like, say like four to yeah, five parts yeah 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 the big, the bigger the show, the biggies. The more bigger the parts. Yeah, that's also, what they say on Broadway. That's what that's what they sh- that's the what they say. The show, the, the more, more bigger, bigger the, the parts. <laughs> that's what old Broadway said back in nineteen hundred and three. Yes, <laughs> when he built the first theater out of tin and toothpicks. That's why it's called Tin Pan Alley. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
All right. So, do you want to start? Um, no. It's embarrassing if you don't. It's just a kind of because I just kind of threw tossed it over to you. It's weird if you would just not start. Um, I'm just. Um. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember either. Why? Yeah. Fuck it. I was looking at my. How you hear of us? I put together a great outline for this episode. Where did you hear of us? What <laughs> What was your reaction? Where did I hear? Okay, so, yeah, okay, I can start there. Because okay. um, that is, yeah, you might be asking yourself, our listeners, fast listeners. Endless. might be asking how we came to have this addiction to this man. Um, and I could say for me, I don't know. I think I had probably seen West Side Story when I was younger, but I never put it together or ever asked or was ever curious about who did the music or lyrics. Um, and then around middle school, I probably saw the movie to Sweeney Todd, mm. which leads me to my first top five moment. Whoa. If you could search. All right. It better not be one of mine. If you could search <laughs> Epiphany. Whoa. Johnny Depp. No way. Please search this. And I don't this is a top this five history. list. This is not my favorite this is Sondheim moment. Perry's favorite actor and okay. performance we'll of all. We'll talk many hours about our various problems with the Sweeney Todd okay. movie. Okay. Among other things, I think what was trying to be accomplished was uh, making it more understated and less theater like oh yeah and overall i don't like the performances or i guess i like kind of like the art style of the oh okay i'll say this i like alan rickman as the judge i don't like his singing voice you know i haven't actually watched the film in years okay so maybe we should do like a day a, a special episode where we watch the movie yeah. I also haven't seen the Into the Woods movie. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay. I stay away from that. I am terrified to watch that. Yeah, but, I stay away. Um, I have and was introduced probably to Sondheim through this movie, Sweeney Todd especially, and as like a metal-loving douchebag yeah. in middle <laughs> school. It was like brutal and Fucking. cool, and I kind of like also had a background of like listening to or my parents had a lot of like cast albums and whatnot so i kind of like had you had the west side story right yeah, yeah, yeah um but this moment especially epiphany which is a song i believe before it's, it's the second to last song in act one <laughs> the second to last song in act one yeah. thank you and this is basically a moment for those that don't know of a man basically losing his shit and there's all these musical shifts that are supposed to illustrate the different moods he's very quickly going through so it's a very exciting like crazy very brutal thing to see as a seventh grader yeah so any any threatens her too he threatens her yeah it's a very interesting choice that previously in other versions are pretty sure oh i think maybe in the Bryn tarful version he does but anyway um may i commentate on your moment Sure. Oh, um, no, no. I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have an issue with the whole tone of the film. Um, the creepy, like Edward Scissorhands, you know, like the Tim Burton type goth. Uh, I don't know. Whatever the terminology for that style is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they like it. And I used to, I used to like it too, but I've convinced myself to not like it because I think that it is ultimately like less. I don't know. To me, it's, to me, it seems like um, less sinister than the stage. When you talk about like art style of a movie, I don't see why you would go back to the well with something as specific as like pale face creepy emo vibes i mean i guess it's kind of an aesthetic but well you know what i really don't like about it and well i'm sure we'll do a whole deep dive on this in the sweeney todd episode but the the way that the the trope of tim burton's characters and how they're all like muted and if they couldn't care less they're like oh yeah like that's the whole thing and it's just like to me that this number I would say like amplifies that a lot. And this is like the number that I would put next to, I'll put Johnny Depp next to George Hearn doing the number and see if like, see if anybody could like really prefer Johnny Depp. Finished. All right. You, sir, have about a shadow. Come and visit your good friend, Sweeney. You, sir, too, sir. Welcome to the grave. I will have finished. All right. You, sir, how about a shame? Come and visit your good friend, Sweeney. You, sir, you, sir, welcome to the grave. I will have vengeance. I will have salvation. To me, it's really difficult to watch him, like, get through this ridiculously emotional and melodramatic song. Like the, the material isn't made for the Tim Burton style. So that's like, yeah. I, th- I feel like they would have to really rewrite the show to make it work in that style. The material is the 18th century Victorian, right. which is supposed to be like overstated and like dramatized. It sounds too uh, melodramatic for like what's going on on screen. Yeah. And I also think that like, because of that, because they cannot, get the melodrama just from the actors performances they add extra elements of it to make it like more shocking to you like having mm-hmm. him threaten mrs lovett yeah, yeah um and having having him transported down to the street um like threatening people whereas like you know in the, in the musical he's threatening members of the audience which is like fourth wall breaking oh yeah and it's like generally considered to be like a discomfort for moviegoers but uh-huh. it's like you know they took away all the fourth wall breaking they took away the anyway yeah well, uh, here it goes. Oh, it's shouting and running about. What's happened? Silence is sitting on low, and then I saw the bell like whispering. Yeah, they whisper the whole song. Even when he's yelling, he's whispering. There, there, dear, calm down. No, I had him. His throat was there. I'll show you the moment where he goes full Jack Sparrow. But that's that's what I identified with, as I still liked Pirates of the Caribbean, and he does Jack Sparrow. When he yells, he kind of goes into it. Yeah. Again, he gets growly. He should just growl the whole thing. When he sings, yeah. he sounds like shit. No, I think so. Same with Helena. I would be They down. should just yelp it. He should... Yeah, it's a bad note. He should just not sing. He should just yell, like, yelp it. All deserve to And then just get, like, the tonal shifts better. And then it would be great. It'd be fucking Johnny Depp doing Sweeney Todd. I mean, I could save the rest of the show, but... Yeah. I mean, movie. 
This is too much. Like, this is like... They, they, because there's... It's not interesting to just watch him perform. Yeah. So they have to have him do all this shit. Yeah. And it's, like, ridiculous. It's like... Like, imagine this staging on a uh, on the, on the theater stage. You just walking around the room. He's just, like, puttering around the room. Yeah, yeah. No... Like, when George Hearn does it, he's fucking jumping around the stage. No, that's the thing. It's like... Like when George Hearn does it, he's like guided by, yeah. you know. All right. Finished. Now he's Jack Sparrow. You sir, have about a That's the thing is that it's just like he's not a threatening individual. Yeah. Like I'm not afraid of Johnny Depp at all. Also, what is happening? This is like they're not. He looks like such a fucking asshole. It looks ridiculous. Him just walking around these frozen people like. They don't care about him. Even They're if, not afraid. Even if Johnny Depp was walking around the street, like, you'll see there's a shot, too, where he's just, like, slashing his, his razors around. Yeah, he's just slashing Even them. if he was doing that, I would be like, this guy's fine. I'm not worried about him at all. Oh, it's just like a scene kid. Yeah. He's just doing, a, doing one of those bits yeah, that they do. It's Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah. Cosplay. He's got a lot of uh, poems by Walt Whitman. All right, you can turn it off now, Anyway, that was very formative to me, and then I saw George Hearn do it, and I was like, "Wow, wow!" Yeah, I've never seen Sweeney Todd. No, and that's the the. Uh, it was the same way for me. I I think I did like Sweeney Todd first um, as a movie when I because I definitely saw it all the way through. Mm-hmm. As a movie, I had watched bits of the Angela Lansbury George Hearn on YouTube before I went to the theaters before, but I remember I think I saw it on opening day with my father oh yeah and um part of the allure of it for me was not only the steven sondheim name but was also just like the promise of like blood <laughs> because i had read some like washington post review that was just like um this movie is like full of blood it's gross <laughs> like i can't believe how gory it is and they're like it literally is raining blood in the beginning of the film. When did this movie come out? There's probably so many 2007. Other, so many other fucking violent movies that I Oh yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't shit. I just like I was like, "Whoa, parental fucking advisory like yeah. dad's going to get me into a rated R flick." Huh. There's like who knows what I'm going to see in this theater, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some fucking wild shit. And um the thing is though that like the argument that I like find myself making again and again with this is that like the fake blood is like has such a limited threshold for creepiness because it's like there's no like imagination in it I guess Mm -hmm. I feel like the show like the I'll come to this in my moment Mm -hmm. but um, the ending of the show on stage is like could not be like competed with by like blood and gore like visual like cinema or they would just have to do a better job yeah like maybe they could do it better but i don't know they would have to like i feel like they just didn't think about it yeah they were just just like yeah we'll just do the edward scissorhands treatment you know like we'll just and they have like again with the like the joanna where he slits all the throats like um it's almost like that where like they have to show extra throat slitting because it's not fun to watch johnny depp right um what's your mo what's your mo my all right, so my this is my number five. Uh, so I wanted to choose uh, 
a little production called Merrily We Roll Along. Okay, classic uh, show. Uh, Great classic show. show. I'm going to actually choose a song that is uh, specific to the original uh, 1981 version. Yeah. Um, that's the date on that, right? 1980, 1981? Uh, let me um, Google that. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, so this show... Just a little background. So, I mean, I guess we could we could give descriptions for all the shows, but I mean, really, you just gotta dive in and like yeah, you gotta dive in. It's they, a story. There's like there's it goes, it moves backwards. It's pretty crazy. Okay, so the the thing about Merrily We Roll Along is that it was it was at a pretty crucial point right in um in Sondheim's career where he had just had a bunch of I wouldn't say successful shows. But semi-successful, semi-successful cult shows. Successful. There was the occult success, or like kind of like well-reviewed. Yeah, you could say, um, which were Sweeney Todd was nineteen, it was seventy-nine, and then what was before that was um, Pacific Overtures was before that. Right. Um, Pacific and, Overtures. It was a little more like people didn't understand it anyway. Well, but the seventies, he was like, he was like, I'm working. Yeah, he was like, "I'm getting work." Yeah, um, and then Sweeney Todd was big for him. Sweeney and... Todd was big, and then you got Angela Lansbury. They bit went on a bunch of tours. Yeah. Uh, then in '81, he cast a bunch of uh, little kids in a show, and it burned to the ground. <laughs> um, and there's that was a fantastic documentary. About yeah, it on Netflix. What is it called? It's, I think it's called the best worst thing. That wait, no, that's. Best worst thing that ever could have happened. The best. It's I get it confused because the documentary about um, Troll Two is also called the best worst movie, and it's like a similar kind of. Um, no, I, you're right. Best worst. Best worst thing that ever could have happened. Yeah. We start this episode one. Our my language is going to be very terrible but through the study of Sondheim I will become a great orator and yeah. I will enunciate every word the that best, I say worst thing that anyway could... please continue um, well yeah great Lonnie Price who was in the original production uh, made this documentary about it but basically it, it ran for like a really really short amount of time like I think like 16 performances or something um, and stuff was really the audience hated it like uh, it, the previews went on for a really long time they kept having to like change shit yeah. And like you know cut songs and you know there, it's notorious for like a bunch of things like eventually like how prince had the characters like wearing their t-shirts with their names on them yeah because uh, speaking of like the things could go in any direction in theater because there's so many moving parts like this right. is a great example of that specifically yeah how prince being like i don't know let's just yeah. put the names on them like this is the fucking which like i i personally would have i would love to have seen the show and I wish that um I wish I had yeah because I feel like knowing what you were going into might have changed your opinion of the original um so this actually like brings me to a point about my moment because my moment is uh rich and happy which is sort of like the um oh. the first big uh ensemble number in the show outside of the um the weird little like intro that they have in the 81 version right. where he's like speaking at the college yeah so the thing is that the show got reworked when it got um what do you call it revived revived multiple times yeah it got I think re- two maybe like two major changes yeah at least um but so we'll cover that more in depthly in our in-depth series on Mary Lee. we roll that'll along. be a, that'll be a fun one yeah 
Um, this song was one of the songs that got rewrote pretty hard, mm. um, and little shreds of it are contained. The song, so this this song is called "Rich and Happy." Um, the song, as it like now stands in the current version or whatever, is called uh, "That Frank." Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, ha- it has some like stanzas, but mainly what they changed was like the tone of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, the reason I really, really like the original content of the uh, of that nineteen eighty version is because it was so full of spite. Mm-hmm. So such a hateful young man wrote this show. Yeah. Um, and this whole number is just like so over the top mm-hmm. anti wealth, like so over the top uh, critical of like the showbiz, like the, you know, showbiz personalities right, in the, particular, like the, the industry or just the kind of, um, well they're, they, I think name the character as it is, which is like the kind of chorus of people at this party later as the blob, the blob yeah. but it's the kind of like, you know, everyone goes, everyone is into the same things. Yeah. Like, force of uh show business and they're all like very fake you know what i yeah, mean yeah it's, it's just, it couldn't be like a more like um disrespectful or like just biting criticism of this type of person which is kind of like the type of person who would be seeing and reviewing the show mm-hmm. to be honest yeah um, but another th- so, so something that they changed and sorry does, i don't want to interrupt no, no, you again no, but no, this no. is like a thing that he is multiple covered in multiple sondheim shows i mean also in sunday in the park with george this, right yeah Making fun of the critics. Yeah. Um, That's why they don't like it. Hmm. But another reason is just because, like, so they cast, um, the show goes back in time and starts when the characters are old and adults. And then by the end of the show, they're idealistic youngsters. And we see their origin stories played out backwards. And Mm -hmm. the thing is that rather than having um, older actors who they who would like, you know, pretend to be more youthful at the end of the show. Um, They had actors who really were young, like college actors who pretended to be old at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. And the thing about uh, that, he really famously among them, one Jason Alexander, right? That's right. Jason Alexander, who was, uh, who always acted like he was middle-aged, but he was the (laughs) only one who pulled it off. Yeah. But uh, the, the effect of that is that they just like, they can't convince you that they're older than they are because right. they're like these just like fresh faced young individuals. This is like their first big Broadway show and they're so stoked. And like um, the whole idea of using young actors was to try to like demonstrate like how like the industry like smuts you up. You know what I mean? So mm. you see them at the beginning and they're like these like scummy individuals. And then at the end they step forward as they really are, which is these like young aspiring actors. And you're like, wow, look how pure that came from and now the industry has fucked it up. But the thing is that um, the effect of that, and I think that's, it was like an idea, right? Conceptually, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's just like people didn't know what they were getting into when Mm -hmm. they stepped into the theater. But basically it feels like a college production (laughs) um, that like, you're like, oh, I'm watching like a bunch of kids pretending to be adults. And that has like a certain vibe. Like an adult can kind of pretend to be younger than, better than a, a kid can pretend to be an adult. Yeah. Um, and this song was cut for the reason that mostly it, uh, I think he said it was like a young person's idealized, like vision of a Hollywood party. Hmm. Um, and that, that was kind of like the whole show and the way that it was 
the the tone of the criticism wasn't really like because when he rewrote it he was in more of like a james lapine tone and he was like um you know things had a, a, a more of a human edge to it okay. and you saw you saw more deeply into people's characters whereas this is i feel like these characters are more cardboard cutouts hmm. um interesting but i sort of enjoy this tone of it because i think when they rewrote it toned it down so that people aren't being so like it's not so on the nose you know what i mean but the lyrics of the song are incredibly on the nose and i really enjoy that about it um should we listen to it yeah yeah And then they all do a line of coke. <laughs> I didn't realize party. that was happening. Oh yeah, party. They go, yeah. But I love, I, I love. Um, I feel like the over-the-top sarcasm of it is what I really enjoy about it. Yeah, and I love Jim Wall. Well, to summarize, basically what you were saying earlier is the Blob character in the original is more of a cynical like entity. It hates the production, the film that Frank right. has gotten into. Later in that Frank, it's they're all complimenting. Yeah, they changed so, the line. I mean, you have to wonder, I don't know if this is like a one-to-one thing that you could say, yeah. but you have to wonder if, same thing with Sondheim's careers. Like, initially, they all were like, fucking this sucks, and then they're all praising him. I don't know. I know. I, I, I The moment that I really wanted to even talk about within this song is when they when they all say, no no I you reminded me that when they all say um when you see a when you see a movie that's when you see a movie that bad what else more can you say yeah congratulations yeah <laughs> it's so like <laughs> get it get it they're not actually happy and the uh, the production. I wonder if this is a Tom Shepard, but yeah, the uh, the those punctuations of his horns. It's so know, loud it's so and then loud. it's so quiet. And you can really get that dynamic difference. Oh yeah, when you see a movie that bad, what on earth can you say? Congratulations. Uh, in the newer version, they're like, when you see a movie that's successful, what can you say? <laughs> Which like I get that he wanted to make the shit more subtle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think it's like Hal Prince has that very like harsh fucking Brechtian quality, which I think is like what really got like manically amped up in this production Mm. to the point that it wasn't like workable for Broadway anymore. (laughs) Um, But I mean, this too experimental. Well, just too like on the nose, like having them be like, uh, you know, we're rich and therefore happy to yeah. just like it's so like they really drive home the punchline but that's sort of like the art of it you know what I mean like that's kind of like the style mm. but I like it also because I think that these these kids all sound great and like I don't know I feel like it's 
it's super fun to portray these executives with actual kids because it it gives like a different angle to like the cynicism yeah you know what i mean because like i mean oh sorry go ahead no you go well you go go I mean, to me, an interpretation I would make is that it's 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 almost like we don't respect your establishment. Like I I see this about you. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's through. I've sa- I'm saying these words through the context of one of you yeah. essentially. But I just want to say, like, I love these this like cavalcade of lyrics at the end. Um, I I want to know what um. All our days full of beans means. All our days full of beans. This was must be what happy means. Full of beans. Full of beans. Does that mean just like full, satisfied? Could be an expression. Yeah. Wait. Could say be. that again. Oh, oh yeah. I'll read his whole th- his okay, whole yeah. stanza. Who says all our dreams get burned? Every bit of this was earned. It's our time coming through. All our dreams coming true. All our days full of beans. <laughs> this must be what happy means. He's chasing the rhyme a little, I think. You think so? Fucking beans? Maybe they were saying that all the time that back in the <laughs> 80s, you know? But the thing is that it's just like all their days are full of beans. All yeah. our days full of beans well little known fact merrily we roll along exists in a universe where the characters only they ever just eat only beans. eat beans yeah that's so that's canon that's the, what the yeah that's what you don't hear in the soundtrack is that yeah. the, every character is holding a bowl of beans yeah that's why you really got experience theater live yeah because you could bring the beans for the character that's one of the traditions mm-hmm. and the original production actually closed down because they did not have enough beans to eat. <laughs> so actors were very hungry <laughs> you know this is a joke <laughs> You gotta but bring beans. It brings me to something I was kind of thinking earlier is, is um, you know, when I think about, like, that's not out of the realm of possibility with how fucking ridiculous some of these plots for some of these shows are. I yeah. mean, like, I encourage people that don't know Sondheim that well that are maybe into things like Black Mirror, like Twilight Zone, like just describing I was I was doing the work of trying to describe like what happens in the show and even you saying before like yeah, yeah it moves backwards in time and <laughs> yeah. like they learn about themselves and uh, um and then other things like follies where like a big portion of the second half basically exists like within someone's anxiety so they go to love land basically yeah yeah which is is a fictionalized uh conglomeration of all their uh truest desires but it's like these things are also never explained to you when you see the show either it's just (laughs) like you just like figure it out yeah but that's i think an entry point i mean like in the same way that like sweeney todd like yeah when i was seventh grader be all into fucking metal shit or whatever yeah and seeing that um yeah and attaching to that anyway Let's see What's what your moment? my mo is. Okay, yeah, it's a small mo. This is uh, definitely a number four mo, but uh, just another national anthem. Can you search? Oh that? yeah, do the Neil Patrick Harris version. Really? Yeah. Wow. Actually, um, as you can see, I've searched it before. Can you do the um bootleg? I want to find it in the bootleg. This is uh from. A show called Assassins, um, which is basically a review style show. That is to say, there's not 
one linear plot. Uh, it, it is more like uh, different little scenes that sort of connect together, different little vignettes that all uh, interplay on a one central it's theme. It's a review. It's a review about basically all the characters are famous people who tried to kill the president. Or ergo, succeeded or did Or not. failed, yeah. Uh, ergo, it's called Assassins. And uh, right. this is a moment, I think, in uh, the beginning of the second act. It's a... Right? I thought it was a one-act musical. Oh, you know what? No, it is. I think this version is as well. I just, I was uh, in my head picturing where I would put it. Oh, um, I see. But <laughs> Perry would put it at the beginning of the second act. I, uh, anyway, um, and it basically involves the character of the balladeer, which is kind of the only non-assassin character in the show. Also a very confusing character to describe. Yeah. And to conceptualize in general. He's basically like a narrator style character who basically. He who, is the American dream. Yeah. He is <laughs> kind of like a folk figure played by Neil Patrick Harris, which I in know. In this version. Yes. In this in version. In this version. In this version, uh, which I know you have mixed feelings about his abilities. I think honestly, I was thinking well, about it earlier. It's kind of like a good casting choice, just because it's I like, agree. I mean, I would watch it. It's America's boy right there, it's and America's it's, and he's boy. supposed to represent all these things. I so. know, and he's right for this, but that's yeah. the only reason I will not accept him as company because I don't think we need that kind of America's <laughs> boy for Bobby. I think America's yeah. boy can be the balladeer, but yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, there's just a very, it's just a very impactful musical moment that I think is kind of this is is after the balladeer's verse and then it settles back into the sort of refrain of another national anthem yeah. by this uh, sort of opposite figure um i don't know what he's called in the show the proprietor or something oh i don't think he is the guy that sings hey buddy no 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 yeah he is the proprietor but i don't think he's in this song oh no he comes in in because, this version? Yeah, and this version is very interesting because he, this character sort of morphs. He starts out, he's got a hat on, and then he becomes this sort of like Satan-like image. He's like in the um, uh, I Am Going to the Lordy song. He's like he's like pulling him up as he uh, goes up up the... Um... I haven't watched this version. Oh, you need to watch this version. Damn. It's pretty good. I mean, if you can get past Neil Patrick Harris, uh, there's many good performances, I really? think. Yeah. And it's good staging and good, yeah, this is good, a good orchestra. Video? Um, yeah, I think so. I, it's not a good quality video, but if you can stand Hollywood, I mean, uh, Broadway bootlegs. Right, so is it, is it it's after this sort of all the assassins are singing Where's My Prize, Where's My Prize, because they all feel entitled and dumb incel bullshit. And it's this very exciting... And then it stops, and the proprietor is walking down the stairs. Oh, he's creepy. Yeah, he's real creepy, right? He's like, he looks like he's a big guy. He looks like Satan Shrek. Yeah, like Shrek Satan Shrek. Shrek. Damn, this is definitely like the dude who comes to the assassins. <laughs> you can find this video on YouTube if you. It's just the bootleg of company. I mean. <laughs> And he's good. He's like, he's got a lot of bravado. It's you should watch this version, Alex. He, the way that character transforms is very interesting. I think in the original show, I think Sam Bick sings. 
Oh, interesting. Part. I think so. I th- he might sing it earlier. I don't know. There's a lot of that song is because when because when I've watched the Sondheim video about him talking about this song, um, where he, he's like at the piano, you know. Oh yeah. As opposed to there's another national anthem playing should have no jauntiness to it, even though they are singing it triumphantly. Companion piece. Yeah. And, Which uh, I guess you get if you buy the rights to the show. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I know. I want to buy the rights to the show just for yeah, fun. Yeah, right? You know, just to have all the bits. Yeah, like I wonder if there's also Spe- that for... Is there uh, special features, dude? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the Assassins has been also another show that's been redone several ways, I think. There's another edition later. I didn't include this in my moments, but the song that is included later... Um, it's after something just broke yeah something just yeah. broke um i like that song a lot i think there's debate whether that song is a useful addition it yeah i think um some people say it takes it out of the context of the show to like add this these because especially in this version it's all actors that have not been used like nobody's doubling it's all yeah. just different actors just yeah big, so, big ass cast they yeah yeah they didn't even have to get there till intermission yeah yeah and then there's some ah uh, i don't want to get into assassins yeah. again we'll get into all these shows much more in depth we don't want to give too much away too much info about yeah. them i mean they're there for you to view too but they're anyway. online <laughs> yeah yeah okay so your mo i'll do i'll do my mo from assassins for oh. um Sweet. Sweet. It's my my most from the gun song. Nice. And I'm going to do the original version because that's the one I know really well. <laughs> and also, I just want to talk about this guy's voice. Original version is great. Original version is I love this soundtrack. I just have to say it. I don't know who recorded this soundtrack, um, but I really do love the way that the songs are kind of like, I mean, because it's a review, we really just like, get a, a fraction of the show by just getting the songs right uh-huh. but i like the way that they are packaged in this soundtrack you know if you haven't seen a show and you're just listening to the, the soundtrack which is a lot i have a lot of shows that i have that relationship with or at least primarily you know at, at first um the way that the soundtrack is put together is very informative to like how you understand the show mm-hmm. and so a lot of these songs are like kind of lumped together like this is the gun song and the ballad of Trollgash, so yeah. it's like a whole you know seven minute thing uh-huh. but my favorite guy is uh the guy who plays guitar in this uh soundtrack because he just has well i'll let the moment play you can change so much reverb so this is John Wilkes Booth right now. Prove how just a little finger can change the and this is the guy. I want to be this guy. He seems cool. What a wonder is a gun. What a versatile invention. Oh. First of all, when you've a gun. Everybody pays attention yes. yeah. when you think what must be done. Think of all that it can do. Remove Scoundrel. a scoundrel. <laughs> I love. I've never seen the show in person, but I would just like. Oh, this little like song monologue, like his little entrance, has so much potential for like. It's just full of like fucking punchlines on punchlines, you know, and that's yeah, like. Yeah. A lot of like, I think why Sondheim gets this like 
reputation as being like the greatest ever be- from people who are like ac- his actors, you know, um, and not necessarily from the critics or whatever, is because he really gives them like he gives a performer like the juicy shit they want. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's all about that. I mean, like the this. That's why his productions get good reviews, too, because actors enjoy doing the roles. Because yeah. it's easy to step into these characters and, like, because it feels human. Yeah, Sein- totally. Son- Sein- Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld is really cognizant. <laughs> What's the deal with being cognizant about the temporal gap between experiencing theater? No, anyway, he's very aware of when you're going to see theater, you're seeing a person in front of you, and yeah. you have to dis dispend your disbelief suspend your disbelief well you to, you know you you suit you give people parts that'll show their strengths and diminish their flaws yeah you know what i mean so I, this gato guy is like to me he's clearly like the funny character mm-hmm. um and i think is just pretty much written for like a comic actor or someone yeah. who could there's do- several roles in assassins sam bick too True, I think. yeah yeah because the the uh, the production i was talking about he's not a great singer this guy isn't either actually playing yeah. Gato, but he's he's also great no um, he's he's got the charisma yeah <laughs> i i i'll i will probably touch on that as well in my actually I've, this is such I can't believe our lists are thematically matching up this much. That's great. We, but that is a, a kind of a topic that I wanted to talk about. Now I'm going to play. I'm playing only bootlegs. You're playing cast recordings. All right. Which brings me to another another thing I okay. wanted to talk about, which is the kind of disparity between. Um, did I use that word correctly? I think so. Between, uh, <laughs> um, you know, experiencing a show through the cast recording versus seeing a show live. Yeah. Which I think. I mean, I grew up listening to cast recordings, and I, you know, until I saw maybe my sister doing theater or whatever, I never made the connection that, like, oh, people are doing this, and there are scenes between them and whatnot, but um, I don't know. I think there's something to say for seeing these shows, uh, which kind of also leads me to my next uh, pick. Who's got tickets? My number three. <laughs> yeah, please give us tickets <laughs> to shows. What's your number three? Um, uh, you can't give it. Little Night Music Little bootleg. Night music. Can you find me the Little Night Music with Elaine the Opera Stritch. the 1990? No, 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 oh, no. Wow. Elaine Stritch. I haven't seen that one yet. You gotta watch Elaine that one. Elaine Stritch bootleg. Yeah, I know. You told me it's good. I know the singing will be great, but I want to see this Elaine Stritch. What's she say? Liaisons? Uh, no, the whole the whole the whole thing. thing? Yeah, I'm okay. gonna find. It's not a song. Well, the second one is a song. Oh, this one. Okay, so... Wow, many things converging right now for me. Mm -hmm. So, I've really gotten into watching bootlegs. I know the audio experience is, like, not great, but uh, once you know a show enough... Don't get me wrong. I've listened to the cast recordings, like, many, many times. Little Night Music, I've, like... You know, I've listened to that many times. When you get to when you internalize the yeah, cast yeah. recording. But I like to see now like the, the world these characters are living in right. because the the big seller of me to Sondheim also is his like love of the characters and, and you know, people always say he's like the actor's composer, like right. you were saying before. Yeah. But that he embodies characters to write for them essentially. Um but I think 
you don't get that from just the cast recording. Like you have to see the things that are making up the world of this character. Yeah. You have to hear the things that are not just being contained in the songs. And I'm not saying the songs are like Oscar Hammerstein style, like not moving the plot forward at all. That's he's, he's very much against that, but I'm just saying like the book Sondheim will be the first to tell you that he owes most of his inspiration to his book. Right. 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 So, um, especially with like, with these, I mean, like we were just on like assassins, you know, yeah, that every song is like a punchline to a scene. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So the depriving it of the, I know what you mean. It's it's when you when you see the scene contextually or the song contextually in a scene, it definitely will like change your view of it. Yeah. So that being said, that's my justification for watching bootlegs. So you can uh, pardon the audio quality, but um, what we're gonna see is the opening of a little night music, and this is an important show for me because as of recently it's the first Sondheim thing that I've seen like in my sort of resurgence mm-hmm. of love for the man yeah the Sond the Sond um I saw a production of this at uh by Boho Theater I forget Ooh. the actual theater but it was a Chicago company shout out Chicago Theater this Get was a c- community it was a in um uh, I'll insert info about the theater okay. later maybe it was a great production um and it, it was a smaller theater so it was more intimate no mics or anything smaller band very reduced but just to see it performed and like do well do really well in front yeah. of an audience like it was a really receptive audience very attentive which is another thing that i realized that these shows Laughing really at the require. jokes yeah yeah the jokes within the songs yeah um to the point where i was like no, I can't hear the next lyric because right. this this laugh is is so loud for this one line. That's the thing you have to like pay attention to the songs. Yeah, and yeah. laugh at the jokes in the songs. You got to yeah. do it. And you really, I, 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 I just came to really respect like the overall structure and like integrity of the show itself. Just to see that like all the numbers worked like progressively, like it, the excitement built and that. You know, and just to see that all contained within a show is really refreshing because I've yeah. worked on a lot of shows where, like, actors have to work really hard to get this one scene to, like, fucking move. And, like, just to see that the show itself is, like, even if it's not, like, 100% perfect, will, like, function pretty well mm-hmm. and, like, kill in front of an audience Yeah, um, was pretty cool. Um, and that came to also <laughs> – that caused me to also respect, like, just – actors choices even more like i was saying and uh and also just appreciate yeah again like you were saying the chances that he gives actors so what we're gonna see isn't actually um music it's right after the overture of uh a little light music and it's elaine stritch one of the best interpreters of sondheim yeah one of the faves for sure um one of my faves um interpret uh the opening monologue of a little night music and I'll you can go ahead and play it and then I'll like sort of talk about it after a little more okay, here she is look at how she slamming the cards it's just so much personality I know <laughs> she's making a meal of it I know She's like a real ham, you know. She's a real. She's like a real clown in the best way. Yeah. Shout out to 
Empire is the only thing in life that demands absolute honesty. <laughs> As a woman who has numbered kings among her lovers, I think my word can be taken on that point. Fred, what was I Fred? You said I should watch. That's got to be a fun thing to do as an actor, just yell, Fred. Fred. Well, it sounds very unlikely to me, but you said I should watch for the night to smile. Ah, yes, yes. Well, dear, everything is unlikely, so don't <laughs> let that trouble you. I know. <laughs> it's also like... Of course the summer night smiles. Three times. But how Hugh you Wheeler, I think. Oh, Hugh Wheeler was this book. He's the same Judy Rose Sweeney's Yeah. None really, except for mother and And he is an Englishman. Yeah. Oh, and I feel like you can kind of, like, feel that in the oh. writing, too. Yeah, that's what I'm going to... <laughs> Just listen to her at this last part. Like, her... You get a feeling. Suddenly, the jasmine starts to smell. Fucking camera and then a frog croaks. <laughs> and then all the stars in Orion wink. Right there. Don't squeeze your bosoms against <laughs> the chair, child. Yeah, I mean, it's just a... <laughs> Stunt their growth. Stunt their growth. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and then where would you um, be? But also, also like, uh, uh, like, you get a feeling like all that stuff like she really transcends that almost like hard to believe like British language right there yeah she makes it like conversational and she makes it like oh the summer summer whatever she says the summer smile smiles three times and she like in this I'm sure like many people like given this character like her status and stuff would be like would play into that language and like really ham it up yeah. in like a bad way of, yeah. of being like, you know, making it all flowery and stuff. But I think she like really in that moment, especially, I think she humanized it a little more. That, I, and I think Hugh Wheeler's writing like uh, necessitates that because the, the song, the songs are so emotional yeah. and the, the writing is so dry and, and <laughs> blunt. And like, um, I feel, I feel really strongly about, that way about Sweeney Todd mm-hmm. the the writing for a little night music is a little bit less like stylistically over the top with the uh, straightforwardness of the language yeah but yeah I, I just I think it, it requires a lot of choices from the actor mm-hmm. um, in a really positive way there's like another scene I think the um, Agerman is that their name yeah the Agerman family maid. She's like, Henrik, you oh, smell Petra. like soap. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. When she, like, first seduces him. Yeah. That's the other thing. This show is fucking sex-filled. Yeah, it's very, it's a very sleazy show. Yeah. Sondheim loves to write for, like, these, like, super hetero dudes. <laughs> for real. Oh, I mean, we'll get to that show and we'll talk about the problematic uh, Frederick. Oh, yeah, very, very well. 